Hey, Kathy, do you know what time of year it is? I do. It's the holiday season. Right. And this year, I'm planning ahead and stocking up on a gift that will cover all the readers and want-to-be readers in my life. Well, give us this great gift idea. Okay. It's our new Read Happy, the ultimate reading journal. And we designed it with our friends in mind, so it's perfect. Plus, it's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, bookshop.org. And there are links on our website, gameofbookspodcast.com and journalhappy.com. Happy holidays. And happy reading. Welcome to GOB with Christy and Kathy, where we talk about writing, reading, and life in between. I'm Christy in South Florida. And I'm Kathy in South Dakota. We're two newbie writers who share our love of food, wine, and crime fiction. We have interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors on our Corks and Conversation episodes. And don't forget our Words and Progress episodes where we have fun writing lessons with writing experts. Join us for today's episode. Welcome to Corks and Conversation with Iris Yamashita. I'm so excited to talk with her today about her best, most fabulous debut novel, <laughs> City <laughs> Under One Roof. Look at this gorgeous cover. Can't wait to talk to her about this. Hey, Kathy, you said, you say roof and I say roof. I, I do say I roof. can't wait to find out what Iris says. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I really like this book too, Kathy. It's, it's, um, so different because I'm in Florida. So frozen and isolated environment. It was just, it was just fun imagining that. (laughs) Well, the frozen part I can totally identify with in my world, but the rest of it, not so much. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Well, anyway, so before we get started, let's, um, tell everyone about her. Iris Yamashita is an Academy Award-nominated screenwriter for the movie Letters from Iwo Jima. She's been working in Hollywood for 15 years, developing material for both film and streaming. She's taught screenwriting at UCLA and is an advocate of women and diversity in the entertainment industry. Yay. She's been a judge and mentor for various film and writing programs and lives in, guess it, California. (laughs) And this book has come out to Ray Reviews. And one of them that I really um, wanted to share was from Mary Kubica. She's the New York Times bestselling author of Local Woman Missing. And I think we've talked about her before, Kathy. Mm -hmm. Um, City Under One Roof is a gripping, unsettling and oppressive thriller that welcomes a wonderful new talent to the genre. Prepare to be quickly immersed in this dark and moody murder mystery. Ooh, so Iris, it is so nice to have you here with us today. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be here um, and across different parts of the U.S., it sounds like. Yeah. yeah. It's it's Mary's uh, blurb was so nice. All the authors have been so nice and welcoming. Yeah, yeah. It's a good community, we found anyway. Let's start with the wine. That's where we always usually go. But today we have a special wine because we have the Cardinal Rule Cabernet and Iris has it there. Look at that. Also a gorgeous label. But there's a particular reason she chose this. So share with us. Tell us why you chose this one. Yes, this is actually my brother-in-law's wine label. 
And um, he and his partner, they both graduated from Stanford. So I, what I understand is Cardinal is the name of the Stanford football team. Okay. <laughs> so they named it Cardinal Roll. That's a good connection to have. Let's say cheers to you and this beautiful book and your debut novel. Thank cheers. you. Well, let's get talking about what we're here to talk about today, City Under One Roof. I want to give everybody a quick synopsis of this debut novel. When a local teenager discovers a severed hand and foot washed up on the small town of Point Medier, Alaska, Detective Kara Kennedy is on the case. And she's a detective from Anchorage. I guess she has her own motives to get herself in the scene of the crime. And then this is when things get even creepier because there's a, <laughs> there's a blizzard. And it, and it causes the tunnel, the one-way tunnel in and out of this town, to close down. In this town, there's 205, specific number, of residents <laughs> that all live in one um, high-rise apartment building. And um, some very interesting characters. There's a local cop that gets involved, Joe. There are some native uh, gang members that come into play. And Detective Kara Kennedy has a lot going on with her past. So it's just a lot of things coming together. So I loved that this novel, Iris, was narrated by three very different women. Mm -hmm. And I specifically love um, Detective Kara Kennedy because she's got her own stuff. And she comes into this town and then gets trapped there, which I think is so great. So I'm wondering where she and the other three, two women, kind of came from. Like who, who came to you first or what was the spark for those women? The detective that is kind of um, a standard that you would have a female detective. Well, yeah. Uh, a detective, and then in my case, a female detective um, who's the outsider that comes into the town. So, you know, I think that came first because you always want to have the outsider coming in. I think Lonnie was probably the second idea because <laughs> I did want to have unique voices. And she did come early on into my cast of odd characters that I was thinking of. And then Amy was maybe not a prominent character at first in my mind. And then I just, but I did want to have unique voices. So I didn't, I thought a teenager would be a unique voice because she would have a very different perspective of living in this closeted city with, you know, nothing to do. So her, what she would think of the city would be very different from what the other adults might have thought. So that's how it, it just kind of. Yeah, I liked, I liked her um, I did voice too. too. Yeah. And it was interesting to have a, a younger voice, a teenager. I thought that was a, just a completely different perspective. And um, I, I just liked how you interwove these three women, very disparate women. Um, and it made you, it just all immediately made you kind of keep guessing, like, who's got what agenda and what's yeah. going on and yeah. who's bringing yeah. what with them. Yeah, like it was a page turner. And I knew that it was, I, I was told that ahead of time, you know, just, oh, be careful. And yeah, I was kind of <laughs> glad that I had like some downtime that I could just like keep reading and <laughs> not, have to, not have to stop. But, but I really like the whole... Um, 
uh, you know, city, like they all lived inside this one building. It kind of brought to mind many years ago, I was like, oh, I'm going to go live on the research place in Antarctica, you know, where they all live, (laughs) like they fly you in and you can own, you can't leave, you know, and you're all under one roof and everything for, you know, obvious reasons. And um, just never really thought it through, but this kind of <laughs> gives me an idea yeah. that probably it would have driven me crazy. <laughs> but how did how did you come up with this? Was this is this like a real place, or you know, did you research it? I mean, is it all made up? What? Yeah, I had seen a documentary about twenty years ago about the real city of Whittier, Alaska, and that's the inspiration for my town although my town is fictional um i call it point Medier, and <laughs> um, you know i want i changed a little bit of the geography and a little bit of the details so that um you know gave me a little more freedom in the storytelling but when i saw this documentary over 20 years ago um the only way in was actually by train that tunnel um wasn't yet open to car traffic and um, that's why it's it's a one-way tunnel. So they switch directions of the car traffic, I think, like every half oh, hour or yeah, so. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, that's crazy. So it was even, yeah, it was even more isolated than it is now. And um, it just kind of stuck in the back of my mind is that is such a cool, unique city. Um, you know, I think there's a story there somewhere, but I hadn't thought of a, a story <laughs> until over 20 years later when I was trying to think of um, a mystery and I thought, oh, that setting would be great for a mystery. Mm-hmm. So that's where it finally came together. But mm-hmm. yeah, it just, it was always in the back of my mind, like this odd place that. Um, yeah, I, I just still, I can't, I still can't imagine that somebody would live there. Cause I mean, like in the Antarctica thing, I mean, you, you just have a term that you're there and then you leave, you know, yeah. it's like, it's not like, oh, I'm going to live here for my life. I'm like, oh my gosh. It's like, a, you know, the, the one, you know, the closed room mysteries, right? Traditionally, but in a very grand yet very even more limited way because you have the weather and you have like a, a it's just so interesting. I um so I live in South Dakota and it's very cold and very snowy here. <laughs> Christy's always astonished that I still go out and walk my dog when it's, you know, two below zero. But it does make kind of the world around you slow down here because it's seasonal, but in Alaska, this is how they function. So I was curious about the weather, what you how that cause you, you live in a very sunny, warm place. <laughs> yes. I was curious what you thought about the cold weather and how you incorporated that. I actually visited the town and but I went in the summer. And in the <laughs> summer it's it's bustling actually it's a bustling town. It is a port of call I think. There there are cruise ships that embark and disembark there. They don't stay there usually I don't think. They I think it's just a you know a place they get on the ship and get off. Mm-hmm. But they do have a pier full of shops, and I think there's a, a fishing industry maybe there, um, a, a, and a lot of people who go there in the summer for um, recreational fishing. But I haven't been there in the winter, and from what I understand, it sort of just shuts down at that time, and there are a lot of people who are just there for the season, for the tourist season, and then they they leave. 
So I think it takes a certain kind of person to live there year round. Do they actually live inside the same apartment building, though? Um, in the real city, I think most of the people live in that one building, but there, I think there is other housing. But, mm -hmm. you know, in my fictional town, there's only Says, the... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's did like you go creepy. to research this book or... Did Oh, that's so fun. That's such that's good research. So, yes, I did stay in the building. I stayed in the inn that is in You're the building. Dead. You know, they have blackout curtains, but it doesn't really get dark till past 11 p.m. So it's it's kind of, I mean, it, it's not as hard to get used to as I thought, though, um, because, you know, you, you do have blackout curtains and um, it's actually nice because we went to the national park there, Denali, and you can stay there, you know, till 10 at night, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, it elongates your day. So how much of your plot and character arcs had you written before you got there? Yeah, I had written a first draft of the novel. And so um, when I went there, I did get some additional details that I added and um, a character that I added as well, a minor character. But I did edits and additions after I had done my research there. All right. Christy has a question for you. It's what we call the question in the bottle. And it's usually a fun, crazy question that you might get to at the end of a bottle of cab. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yes. All right. Oh, this is a good one. If a dramatic voice followed you around narrating your life, who would it be? <laughs> <laughs> who would it be? Um, uh, Morgan Freeman, I guess. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it would like, it comes to our mind automatically. <laughs> like I'm like. I don't know, but it would be very boring if someone was to narrate yeah, your life. I'm narrating my life. <laughs> she's cleaning the again. cat litter. <laughs> it's more like she's feeding the cats. Yeah. Cat litter. <laughs> That's a great Kathy, what about you? Okay, so here's who I would want, but it, like, as as Iris says, I, I'm not worthy of this kind of cool voice. But I love listening to Leslie Jones. <laughs> I think she's so funny. <laughs> she was just doing an episode of The Daily Show, like as a guest. Well, that is so funny that you're saying that because you know what I was going to say? I was going to huh. say Wanda Sykes and she's doing The oh, Daily Show this week because she just cracks me up all the time. Yeah. So I'd be like, okay, that'd be a fun person to have yeah. talking about. That's, me. <laughs> yeah, that's a good answer because yeah. she can make anything fun and exciting <laughs> right and that's the thing is i wish i had more humor like just around my life so that's so i'd go with the comedian i think <laughs> yeah that's really a good question though yeah, the question is, is though like what would they be saying like Iris says, like she's feeding the cat <laughs> no, but if they, they'd be funny you know if they if it was like wanda sykes or leslie jones they'd be yeah. like you know saying something like that cat's looking at her like i don't like this food so i don't know what she's thinking she's yeah, doing go away. <laughs> anyway all right so um that was a good question for you too because you know you're all involved in hollywood so you you probably hear a lot of voices and stuff so <laughs> Um, but And we have talked to um, a few screenwriters uh, on the podcast that have turned to, you know, be, become novelists. Um, we're still curious all the time, what made you decide to write a book rather than as in a screenplay? 
I actually, I did want to write a novel first. So since I was a kid, that was my dream to write a novel. So it, it took a long time, but it finally came true. Uh, so I did take classes originally in writing novels and writing prose. And then I could never finish a novel. So I, you know, since I live in Los Angeles and everybody here is writing a screenplay. <laughs> so I thought, like you all hang out in the coffee shop, right? Yes, everybody goes to the coffee shop. <laughs> Do you know Matt um, Witten? We talked to him a couple of weeks ago and he was talking about that. Yeah. Hanging out in the coffee shops. Yeah, and every every waitress or waiter is, a, you know, a struggling actor. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, everybody's writing a, a screenplay. So so I thought, well, let me give that a try. So I started taking classes and writing uh, screenplays. And I found out that I could actually finish one because they're much shorter, <laughs> like 100 pages about, and there's a lot of white space. And so I thought, oh, this this I can do, this I can finish. So mm -hmm. I switched over to um, writing screenplays. And then I started entering contests and I won a contest where one of the judges was an agent, and that's how I got my representation, oh, and that's how I got wow. in got into that world. That was going to be my next question. Like, how do you even get into the screenwriting? I mean, we've talked so much about getting novels. You have to do all the querying and stuff, but mm -hmm. that's very interesting. Well, it is what I recommend a lot of people because agents are – probably risk adverse. And so they want to see some like a resume, basically. Mm -hmm. So the only way to build a resume is really in, in screenwriting, at least is to either enter a contest, or to enter a film festival. Like if it, there, there are people I know who have made their own little mini films. And then that's how they get some attention if they are able to have their work displayed at a, a festival. Mm -hmm. So um, what I tell people for novel writing, because I'm I'm thinking in the same way, like what would an agent want to see mm -hmm. is maybe try to get a short story published somewhere. Or again, there's many contests, writing mm -hmm. contests. So that's what I recommend. And um, people I've recommended in screenwriting, at least, who have entered contests, um, some of my friends have gotten representation that way. Oh, wow. awesome. That's, well, that's wonderful good to know. tips. Yeah. Our, is, is our sound engineer listening there? <laughs> He's a He's screenwriter. A, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so are you able to work on multiple projects at once? Like, I understand that screenwriters do that regularly. And now you're writing novels. So are you, and then what's your process like? And is it different for screenwriting versus novel writing? Um, yes, you do as a screenwriter usually have to juggle several projects at once. It's it's usually like a hurry up and, and do this now and then a long period of waiting. <laughs> it's sort of like hurry up. Okay, then you don't hear anything for a long time. During those down times, you usually, you know, you're trying to get something else. Um, so yeah, it, it yeah, the pacing is is just kind of strange in Hollywood because you never are sure what's actually going to get greenlit or, you know, the process, like it can take a year or two where you're uh, just working on a pitch and you're not getting paid to, to do that. So, you know, it's good to have several irons in the fire at oh, one yeah. time. 
you know, even if you're getting paid to work on one at the moment, you, you, you need to have your next one lined up because yeah, the pay is just, you don't know when your pay is coming in. So, and then there's no like contract where it says we will pay you by this time, you know, it's kind of at the whim of whatever the producers or the studios. And so, um, yeah, there was one, there's one that I'm working on now where I um, turned in the script about like a year ago and then I never heard anything. And I thought, Oh, okay. It's not going to get greenlit. So just move on. It's yeah, kind of yeah. weird. Like sometimes. Ghosting, so do you get you know, paid even for thinking. the beginning part? Yes. Yes. I got okay. paid, you know, everything's paid in steps. So you get like, you get so much money for starting, you get so much money for turning in this draft. And then, you know, it, it, if it continues, you'll get for the next for the rewrite and so on and so forth. I and see. sometimes, you know, it, you're just, you don't hear anything and <laughs> you don't know what's going on. Yeah. And then it came back a year later. It's like, yeah, we're going to now do the rewrite. So <laughs> you're like, so um, wait, okay. what was this again? <laughs> so yeah, it's, um, in in the screenwriting world, it's definitely you you know you're juggling projects all the time. With the novel, it's a little it's more time intensive, so it's really hard to juggle. I've been finding, mm -hmm. um, like I don't think I could do two books at one time. Um, I am still I am trying to juggle the book and these Hollywood projects at the same time. But again, I'm counting on those downtimes in the screenwriting world where <laughs> it's quiet and you're yeah. just, okay, so now I'll work on my novel. Do you find it to be common that screenwriters, a lot of them are interested in writing novels? Or do you think it's more of a, this is our world? And I have a writer's group and we're all kind of in the, in the Hollywood world and we all started writing screenplays and now a bunch of us are writing novels <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's um I think it depends you know like if you're obviously if you're a hot writer in the screenwriting world you're you're probably going to stay there because yeah. you know it's it's quicker and so you know the money probably comes in faster and so I, I can I can imagine that you know, if you're very successful, that you're going to want to stay there. But in terms of, um, I think, personal satisfaction and liberation, <laughs> I think books are much more, for me, I really enjoy it. Because mm -hmm. it's your, you know, it's it's your work, and you are um, everything you, you I, I always say, you're not just the writer, you're the director, you're the cinematographer, wow. you're the casting director and everything so um the writing is original and you have you know control over it whereas yeah. in screenwriting you're just another piece of the puzzle like there's so many people that's in, that are involved in making a movie um and you're just a part of it and most of most of the time you're not working on something original most of the time you're working on someone else's intellectual property so whether it be a book adaptation or uh, you know a, a remake or um you know someone else's idea like a producer has an idea and they have maybe a news article or something and then they hire you and then they can fire you if they want <laughs> and hire another writer so you know it's never like you have full ownership over the material and and a lot of times it feels like you're 
um, writing uh, like by committee because <laughs> everybody right. has their own, you know, vision and they yeah. want it this way. And then they kind of tell you and you're just trying to figure out how to please everybody. Mm -hmm. So when you, you mentioned you're a casting director, did you have actors in mind when you were um, creating your characters? I mean, did you picture them as a, did you picture who you would cast? No, actually, because because I came from screenwriting where you, you don't know who's going to get cast. So I don't like go deep into description. Like I'll say, you know, female 50s. And then that's pretty much it, you know, because <laughs> right. I, I don't know who's going to get cast or whatever. So I don't usually try to picture someone yeah. there. And then for the book, I so I didn't I didn't have a picture in my mind and I just wrote it and then it came time to um, make the cover although you know there's no character on the cover right now that was one thought was well maybe we'll have the protagonist on the cover and then the artist says well what does she look like <laughs> I was like oh I don't know <laughs> and so I went back and I put in some description after that because I realized I had never described her <laughs> Okay, so Christy has a very important question to ask. <laughs> this is what we ask all our authors at the end. Which of your characters would you like to share a meal with and what would it be? Wow, that's interesting. With my characters, well, I know what Lonnie would eat. So maybe Lonnie and I would have her fried rice with her. Maybe bring her to like a fancier restaurant so she could be shocked on the difference of... <laughs> Yeah, she could have some good fried rice for a change. <laughs> and I'm only saying that because it was described that way. No, I'm yeah, not, yeah. you know, I wasn't eating it. <laughs> okay, so when our listeners want to learn more about the book and about you, where should they reach out? Where's the best place to find you? Well, I have a website, which is my name, Iris, I-R-I-S, Yamashita, Y-A-M-A-S-H-I-T-A dot com. Um, I also have a Facebook page, um, Iris Yamashita Author, and I have an Instagram site as well, which is also Iris Yamashita. Wonderful. And we'll have all those links for everybody to find you. And I I don't know what's happening with this novel, but I picture this on screen. I'm just saying. Yeah, there you go. So I think we just need to say cheers to this wonderful debut. Well, yes. thank you so much for having me on your show. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. Subscribe to our podcast on our website, gameofbookspodcast.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you liked what you heard, you can give us a five-star rating or review. You can also subscribe on YouTube where you can watch and listen. On gameofbookspodcast.com, you can find all the information about what we talked about on this episode. And you can sign up for our newsletter and enter our fun contests and giveaways. We also post our stories and links on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Hope to see you there. I can guarantee you that we had fun today. And we hope you did too. Cheers.